0: realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation and you can too. Join realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyers agents do. Visit realtorcom toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential.
1: Want to learn from the brightest minds in real estate? Then you'll love our real trending special edition podcasts. Editor-in-Chief of Content, Tracy Velt, interviews brokerage leaders, top agents and teams, and industry experts on leadership, recruiting, marketing, and more. Subscribe today at realtrendsinc.podbean.com. This is your host,
2: Tracy Velt, Editor-in-Chief of Content for Realtrends. Today we're speaking with Greg Sexton, COO of Century 21, Tracy Hutton, CEO of Century 21 Sheets in Indiana. They are ranked 136 by transaction sides in the 2020 Real Trends 500 brokerage rankings, and serve the Greater Indianapolis area since 1995. We're also speaking with Jeanette Phillips Toderick, broker of Century 21 Union Realty Company in Torrance, California. Century 21 Union Realty Company is a family-owned business which is specialized in and grown with the many distinguished communities in the South Bay. So welcome for uh joining the Real Trends uh podcast.
3: Great to be with thank you. Thank you for thank you for Thanks having for us, having Tracy.
2: Me. Yeah, so we'll just have a conversation. I want to start with Greg and um tell me a little bit about the two companies and how Century Twenty One has worked with them to help them grow.
3: Well again, thank you, Tracy, for having me and you know what's what's interesting is during this uh time of COVID, you you might have thought, well wow, um From an M&A perspective or even from a recruiting perspective, things might have slowed down. What we saw was actually the complete opposite. Uh, Companies uh, like Tracy's and Jeanette's that are joining us today actually experienced the other. In fact, I would say uh, took a look at the situation and looked for opportunities to grow. And from a Citra 21 perspective, we have been laser focused on growth. And I think that when you take a look at the two companies that we're talking with today, it's, it's really a tale of two paths of growth. And what I mean by that is uh, mergers and acquisitions, that is something that Jeanette and Central 21 Union has been involved in. And then when you shift over to Tracy's company, they are laser-focused on organic growth through recruiting and have done a great job there. But let's, let's step back and talk about the merger and acquisition side of, of what, what has happened with uh, Jeanette, with Union. But I think that what we've seen happen across our, our franchise network and when you think about uh, mergers and acquisitions, we're looking at it in two two ways. We're doing what we call gold-to-golds. Well, that's where we will take one of our franchisees that's really looking for an exit strategy. And uh, Tracy, one of the things that we find uh, during a, either a downturn in, in the market, uh, take it back to the 08, call it recession, we saw the same phenomenon, that companies start really looking for an exit strategy, So we proactively go out to our companies, find out what what is your plans for the future, what are your growth plans, or are you looking for that exit strategy? And in this situation with a union, uh, they had a real opportunity, an opportunity to actually double the size of their company, maybe more than double the size of their company, by taking uh, and working with a Century 21 that really did want an exit, was ready to get out of the business. Uh, We were able to put those two companies together. Our team really starts to get in and facilitate what does an acquisition look like, and I think that one of the, the, the learnings that we have uh, and have had for many, many years when it comes to mergers and acquisitions is it's not just getting the acquisition done. It's making sure that we have the infrastructures in place so that once that acquisition is done, we don't have what we call breakage. And, and breakage is where you know agents that you know, are, are in the middle of this acquisition decide, hey, I'm going to go elsewhere. And I can tell you, Jeanette's company did a phenomenal job of making sure that they had really... Uh, done a lot of planning and execution before the actual acquisition occurred. So that's a lot of uh, what, what's happened there. We also are doing a lot of m and and work with our companies that are not a gold to gold within the Citroën family, but literally looking at uh, our companies that have a real appetite for growth. And then we go to the marketplace and look at those independent real estate companies who also might be looking for an exit strategy. And so we proactively work there. So that's kind of the tale of... Um, the M&A side of it and how we were able to accomplish that with with Union and and the remarkable job they did, you kind of shift gears. You talk about Tracy and and what she's done at Century One Sheets. They are very, very laser-focused with their management team on the recruiting aspect, and they have done a great job of getting out there into the marketplace and really telling not only the Century 21 sheet story, but they combine that with the, kind of the Century 21, what what are the tools, systems that come to place that would allow agents to take a look at their business and see that their business could actually grow by joining another company and having some additional resources. And I will tell you that one of the things that I think is so important when it comes to recruiting, and this is where Tracy and many of our other companies do a good job it's all about being able to tell the story, uh, tell the story of your value proposition. And um, I think that's actually uh, the difference between success and failure when it comes to recruiting, because an agent, for them to make the move to leave a company that they might have been with for a long time and go to another company, they want to make sure that there is going to be an immediate growth for their business. And so uh, when you take a look at Sheets over the years, uh, you know they've grown tremendously. And it's just remarkable that it wasn't on an M&A path, but more on just a sustained recruiting effort. So uh, that's, that's the success they've had, Tracy.
2: Okay, that's really interesting. And I I agree with you on the M&A front. I know Realtrons has quite a few companies for sale right now, and valuations are skyrocketing. So Absolutely.
4: so definitely
2: some opportunities out there for companies looking to expand Um, I want to start, I'll start with Tracy um, with Century 21 Sheets in Indiana. So tell me a little, just briefly about your brokerage, and then we'll go into how you've grown
4: your brokerage.
2: Um, And it sounds like it's mostly through recruiting, so just talk to me a little bit about that.
4: Sure thing. So you had mentioned that when you introduced us, our brokerage um, actually started as an original Century 21 franchise in the state of Indiana in 1976. Not 1995, but I came along and I came along and joined uh, the firm in 1995. So that's probably where that that date came from. So I um, was recruited to Century 21. You know, I was 25 years old. So now all of you know how old I am. Um, 25 years old, and you know, Mick Sheets, who was the founder, had one office at the time, probably about 40 or 50 agents, and a really strong Office and he hired me to start growing his the corporate side of the business uh, the relocation side of the business and so we dug in and carried out a vision on how we you know compete on that um, front with some of the bigger brokers in the marketplace. Thank God I was young and naive and didn 't know any better and just took his advice and started calling on corporations across central Indiana, and then also um, corporate relocation companies. So we were able to scale our business through growing our corporate business first and it my appetite got wet and said hey how do we how do we continue to grow our footprint in central indiana to support this business. So He was in a stage of his career where he felt confident in letting go some of the rope to me, and I was able to really light the entrepreneurial spirit within myself, or I would say he probably helped light that. And Mm -hmm. you know, we got laser focused on a vision of who we want to be, how we want to do it, how we want to be seen um, in our market, and really not just within our market, but within the Century 21 brand and across the country uh, to. Um, peers, so we knew who we wanted to be as leaders, who we wanted to be as a brokerage, how we wanted to be viewed in, in the community, and we just built upon that.
2: Did you actually write that down um, and have meetings about it, brainstorm? How did you know?
4: How did you get that message across? Well, you're, you're always refining your message, right?
1: So, mm-hmm.
4: no, I wouldn't say we were that strategic about it at the beginning. It was, I mean, it was really a visionary um, exercise. And, you know, we we looked, I mean, I, I am super curious about successful brokerage models across the country, and even in our local market. And so, you know, I, I mean, I ask a lot of questions, visited a lot of brokerages, and, Really took the, what I thought were the best components of those brokerages and said how do we how do we develop it within so you know we never um, we we've always been chasing you know i don't know who said it, but it stuck with me we 're always chasing a better version of our company, mm-hmm. and with that is also chasing a better version of ourselves and as leaders, so we never feel like we've arrived um, and we've never faced that identity crisis, and I think so often. When you're running a company, you're trying to figure out what's the new best way, right? But sometimes when you shift too drastically, like to constantly be reinventing yourself, you can, you can have an identity crisis and then you're leaving it, you know, agents are wondering, you know, what's the value proposition here? It was different two years ago or five years ago. So really trying to be consistent, but also trying to evolve, And um, we always have known that we want to be a brokerage that has highly productive agents. Um, We're probably not the best model for dual career or part-time agents. We just know that about ourselves. And we're able to play upon that and um, really constantly try to elevate the experience for our agents, our customers, and our leaders within our organization.
2: Okay, great. And I want to get a little further into that um, when we talk more about recruiting, but first I want Jeanette to tell me a little bit about their growth strategy with mergers and acquisitions. And Jeanette is with Century 21 Union Realty in California.
0: Absolutely, thanks for having me today, Tracy. So uh, I'm with Century 21 Union here in lovely Torrance, California. I'm about, uh, about 20 minutes on a good day from LAX about two miles from the beach. So we've got two offices here, uh, one in Torrance and one in Rolling Hills Estates. I'm uh, actually a third-generation broker, so you had mentioned it a little bit in the beginning, um, we're family-owned and operated. My, my grandpa started out in real estate in, in the 60s. My dad uh, took over in, in 72, and we uh, affiliated with Century 21 in 84. Um, I was born in 81, so it's pretty much all I know. <laughs> Definitely okay. a, yeah. a family generation company. Mm-hmm. So, um, we really thrive on our quality service um, and really um, have built our company around a strong culture, which has really helped with the merger and acquisition part, as Greg had mentioned a little bit in the beginning. Uh, this year we were able to go from... Um, 110 agents to 270 uh, with the acquisition of another another office in our in our area. Uh, Okay. Was
2: it another Century 21 office or an independent or? Yes, another Century 21 office. Okay. Okay. Great. So, um, what about the? You know, what do you look for in merging your company? What worked for you with this merger
0: specifically? I think the most important thing, um, and I can tell you I, I have l- learned a lot from this merge, um, but the most important thing is really the culture. You want to make sure that the two cultures are aligned so that when they come together there's no clashing and everybody um, is excited to work together, get to know each other. We're very family based and family oriented so it was nice with this, with this acquisition that when the, the two of us came together we, we were just like one giant family.
2: And tell me, what was a, like a lesson learned from this? Was there something that maybe didn't go as you expected but turned out okay because you kind of learned a lesson from it and pivoted um, to make it
0: work? Well, you know, we started, the, started the, the talks for this right before COVID hit. So we were planning okay. to get going in March, and then we ran into the COVID door and they, they shut L.A. down for a couple months. So we had to kind of push everything back. Um, so in that time it was nice because we were able – I was able to put a little bit more planning into place. Um, I think the biggest thing is just when you're re, uh, remodeling an office, we, we, what we did was we moved from our location into their location, okay. it was just a, a nice, a, a bigger spot. And um, nothing, you know, nothing happens perfectly. <laughs> um, right. Desks don't come in on time. Signs don't come in on time. So it's just being okay with that and just kind of knowing that there's going to be some hiccups along the way and just making sure that you let everybody know uh, what's going on in the moment um, so that there's no surprises for the agents. Because it, lots of people, you know, they don't like change. So you've got to just keep them abreast of what's going on. And what do you think
2: is key? Have you been able to retain a good portion of those agents? And what do you think is key
0: to, to keeping them? Um, yeah, our retention level is, is, is pretty high here. Um, I think the most, important, the most important part is really kind of um, getting ahead of, of the game and kind of just knowing what, people, what their needs are ahead of time so that you're, you're giving them those needs when it comes. So did you speak to each of them separately? I mean, how did you determine that? Yeah, so um, what I did was I sat down with everybody one-on-one as many as I could. Unfortunately, it was during the COVID time, so we couldn't have any giant meetings, we couldn't do any huge announcements. I was able to sit down individually with probably about 60% of the agents that we were bringing in uh, to just kind of go over what their needs were, what their wants were, what they didn't like about their company, what they, they did like the most, and what I can do to support them in the transition. Um, and that was probably the most important part was just kind of getting to know them. Um, we're not, we're not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not, I don't run it like commercial based. We're very family oriented. We're very hands on. I mean, I can tell you the name of every one of my agent's kids. <laughs> um, okay, it's great. It's so important yeah. to really know the people that you're working with um, so that they, you know, it, it's the culture that that, that we bring
2: yeah, and uh one of Steve Murray's famous sayings is if you think you know your agents, get to know them even better and relationships are are everything and especially in recruiting and that's what I want to I want to talk to both of you about but we'll start with Tracy. Um tell me a little bit about your recruiting program and and your retention program.
4: Well, I think if we're we're all honest, um the number one concern of every every brokerage is how do you recruit the best and then make sure that you're retaining and helping agents grow, right? Or else they're, they're, mm-hmm. you can bring them in the front door and they can go out the back door. And I believe that, and I'll share this with every single one of our sales managers or the members of our growth team, that when you're recruiting experienced agents, you have a tremendous, there's a tremendous amount of responsibility that goes along with it. And it is just not about getting someone to say yes and pick up their you know, business and move it over to your brokerage. You have to dig deep and make sure that the move makes sense for them, and that you can either help drive simplicity and efficiency and support into their business where they are not getting it, um, which allows them to either be better balanced, or to focus on other areas of their business, or the servicing of their customers, Or you have to be able to show them how you can help them make more money. And making more money is not just always about, hey, the better commission splits, the better plans. It's about, can can we help this agent grow, um, be a better agent tomorrow than they are today? So we take it seriously. And you know what? Um, There are a lot of agents that we say no to. And it's not that no, um, you know, because maybe they don't fit you know, our culture, but also it's you know, like, can we help them get to where they want to go? And so it does go with a great amount of responsibility. Also, it, with new agent recruiting, um, we've always been known as a, as a great training ground. I think Century 21 in general has been known as a great place to start your career. And so I look around at a lot of our top producers, and a lot of them have been with us since the day they got their real estate license. And we do a great job of encouraging people to get into this business. The industry does, right? Come on, you can make a lot of money in real estate. Um, But we know that um, the top performers are the ones that are constantly developing their skills and and, and evolving as as agents. And we have to make sure that that we're able to help them um, develop those skills. So we take recruiting extremely serious, um, along with retention. We're we're goal-oriented. We measure everything. Sometimes I'm accused of measuring things too much. but when you know you, you know the numbers, you know um, the goals you're hitting or not. You know how to sit back and, and adjust where needed.
2: And what are you using to measure those
4: um, per person productivity? You know, we have new initiatives that are kicking off. How long does it take for new agents that join our company to get it to get a transaction under under their belt? Um, we know that quicker agents can do transactions and work with the client. Um, the more likely they are to, you know, stay in the business. And, you know, it used to be – people used to tell agents, hey, you know what, be prepared. It's gonna, it could take you six months to do a transaction. That's not a good message to send, right? How do we get people right. up, productive, and producing um, so they can have long-term sustainable careers? So we, okay. we, we measure per-person productivity at all levels um, every month.
2: And what program are you – I guess I meant what program are you using for that, like a technology?
4: Uh, we, I mean, we have our own back office system that we use. So, and Century okay. 21 provides Century 21 in Reology provides a dash platform, which is a robust reporting system with okay. on on time reporting.
2: Okay. And Greg, do you want to speak to that a little bit um, about you know measuring uh, your productivity?
3: Yeah. yeah in fact, uh, one of the things that I wanted to to mention along those lines of, uh, of making sure that the agents can grow. Just yesterday, we finalized um, some of our numbers on the training, That the training that Trace is talking about. is: Can we take an, an agent from another company, bring them into our culture, our company, and grow their business? In the, the study that we just uh, received a uh, vote on, what we found is those agents that, that engage in the Century 21 training, and, and Trace's company is very, very diligent about Making sure that they agents are trained. Those agents that take the training are receiving 21% more listings than those agents that, that don't take training. They just kind of kind of do their business, but do not engage in training. And also, we found that uh, those agents engaging in tra- training are re- are 22 are 22% more on closed units as opposed to those agents that don't take training. So, I think that's part of that story that I mentioned before when it comes to recruiting, not even from a retention perspective, but when you think about recruiting, if you can really paint that picture when you're talking to agents about joining your company and be able to show them, hey, if you come to work at our company, this is the type of production that you can increase on. And and Tracy talks about per-person productivity. We absolutely stay laser-focused on that. We believe that our job is to make sure that every agent does more transactions. That that should be our goal as a franchisor, and it should be a goal of, the, of your listeners on here as as they, as they manage their their agents. How do I help you do one more transaction? And that's kind of just how we we zero it down when we do our training.
2: Okay, great. Um, and Jeanette, let's. I want to talk to you a little bit about your recruiting and retention program. It sounds like you're very relationship oriented as well. Um, so tell me a little bit about what you're doing.
0: Yeah, to piggyback a little bit off of what Greg said, you know, we've really built a culture around enabling agents to succeed at a higher rate than the national average. Um, and in, in turn, our reputation around town has been, you know, this is the place where I want to work. That's the place where I want to be. What are they doing there that's different that's allowing, you know, them to succeed so much higher than other agents in the area? Um, so that's kind of been our, our biggest recruiting um, uh, program. Okay,
2: and tell me about your retention program. What are you doing um, to keep those relationships going? Do you have any special events or training or anything that you're, you're
0: doing? Um so uh we do coaching with with all of our agents um that 's kind of what separates us in our area from everyone else um one on one i've got a full time manager a productivity manager as well um and they handle the coaching with the with the agent so it's it's one on one once a week and um they get a half hour so they 're really in tune with what that agent's doing what they've they've been uh producing the previous week what they're doing the next week um it also kind of keeps us on track with where they're going and and where they're at um and then just, just really getting to know your agents, um, seeing the expectations of what they want before they even see the expectations that they have, um, so that you're so that you're ahead of the game, um, so that you know I, I know ahead of time already. You know, oh, this person is upset about this, or they might be thinking of leaving. Let me sit down and talk to them, or how can I how can I fix something? I think in our um, you know our, we're at, in our merge, we took on 170 additional agents, and we only lost three.
2: My next question I wanna I wanna stay with Jeanette and talk about your aha moment. Was there a moment when you realized you needed to change the way you or your brokerage is doing things in order to scale and grow or get creative with your business plan? What would that aha moment be for you?
0: So my aha moment was when my dad passed away. Um okay. you know, they they have that saying if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and um, we've always had a strong, successful company. Um, When he passed away, it was like people coming in like vultures calling. You know, she can't do it. They're not going to make it. You need to come work for me. So my aha moment was, no, we're going to grow. I'm going to take over, and I'm going to take you out. (laughs) That was kind of my aha moment. (laughs) That's great. I love it.
2: (laughs) So Tracy, what about you? What was your aha moment in business?
4: you know i would um i would tell you there's i have aha moments all the time i think the one of the biggest aha moments though was when you start scaling your brokerage and you go from one office to two offices to four offices to eight offices how you um continue to carry out your your vision um, through other leaders, and how you have to constantly be focused on developing not just agents you 've got to be developing a leadership team and the the, the leaders within so i um, that was the biggest challenge you can you can run yourself ragged opening and scaling your business if you 're just focused on opening other offices and attracting agents um, I knew hey I better figure out how to continue to grow as a leader myself, but also how do I pour that into the future leaders of our organization?
2: Yeah, definitely. And and Greg, um, tell me a little bit about your ha- aha moment in leadership.
3: You know, I, I will tell you, Tracy, what has been remarkable to me from an aha moment is really where we are today. If we go back to March, the fact that we have uh, actually grown the real estate transactions across the country like we have, and we've seen the industry really not rebound, but just skyrocket, that's been a, an aha moment that I don't think any of us would have thought as we sit here in November now if we had looked back to March. So that's been great. And I think that when we look at that, we also it, it, it allows us to look at opportunities. And what I mean by opportunities is I think it's important for all of the, the brokers that are listening and, and talk, thinking about their growth in their marketplace to – consider there are people probably in your your market now that are looking for an exit strategy. And you mentioned, Tracy, at the beginning of the call how you all are doing many of many evaluations right now. We're seeing the same thing. So I think a lot of this, uh, the great learning that, that we have is right now is a great time to start the conversations with those in your marketplace who you think might be considering an exit strategy now or maybe in the near future. Because I believe that, we're in a very unique uh, business. And uh, the worst place to be is kind of in that mid-size range. Uh, I think you've either got to plan to really grow and get really big or really, really small, maybe even boutique size. And, and that's okay. If, you, if that's what, what you desire to be is boutique size, it's fine. But being in that middle area, very, very difficult to be. And I think that the reason why is one of the main drivers for that is technology costs and, and what the agents uh, need and what the consumer needs. Now, it's constantly changing. And so in order to be able to sustain and be able to be relevant in your marketplace, I believe you've got to get big. And one of the great ways of doing that is through M&As and through the recruiting that, that uh, Tracy has done where you stay focused on that. But what I love about our business is there are constantly opportunities to grow But it just takes starting that conversation, and uh, I think that it will lead to growth for many of your listeners.
2: Yeah, definitely. Now let's take a quick break to hear some exciting news from Realtrends and our sponsors.
1: Understanding how value is created in a residential real estate brokerage firm is key to knowing where to invest. Over 3,500 brokerage companies have trusted Realtrends to perform valuations and assessments of their firms. Whether you're looking to sell, buying out a partner, getting a divorce, or just gauging the current market, Real Trends can help you. Go to Realtrends.com slash brokerage services for more information.
2: Now, back to our podcast. All right, my final question is really, if you could offer other brokers advice when growing their businesses, what would it be? And we'll start with um, Jeanette on that.
0: Uh, I, you know, it's gonna sound cliche, but just be relentless. I mean, you've really got to anticipate the needs of the people around you and see what their expectations are um, from your staff and your agents just before it happens, so that you're ahead of you're ahead of the game um, and, and you hold on to that retention. Um, you've got to get out there. You've got to talk to people, and uh, don't be afraid to fail because with failure, there's growth.
2: Yeah, definitely. I love how you got that relentless in there too. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Tracy, tell me, what advice do you have for other brokers wanting to grow their business?
4: Well, you know, I think the number one most important thing is um, you have to have unbelievable relationships, um, not only within your, within your um, own brokerage, but you have to have them with your competitors. And I tell our agents all the time, you know, your, how you serve your clients is super important, but how you facilitate transactions with cooperating brokers in the marketplace um, is a relationship that's never going to go away. And I feel that same way on the brokerage side. I have tremendous respect for the competitors in our market, even though, you know we, we have different business practices, we have different business models. I respect what they're doing. I can, learn, I can learn a lot from them, whether they're larger than us or smaller than us or newer into the business. And those relationships pay off long term. If you have someone that's looking to exit the business, it provides, you know, you might come top of mind of someone that they want to do business with because of how you've worked with them, whether it's transactions that may have not gone great with agents within your company or how you've served your industry. You've got to stay focused on the relationship side of the business.
2: Yeah, so important, I mean, especially with the pandemic and, and unrest right now, just letting people know you're there for them is, is so important right now, definitely. Um, Greg, I'm going to let you get the last word. Uh, what advice do you have for brokers wanting to grow their businesses?
3: I think it goes back to what I, the comment I made a minute ago, and that is growth is not optional. I truly believe that if you're going to stay relevant in this industry, And you've got to grow and what the advice would be is to constantly be looking around holding yourself and your management team accountable to knowing what's going on in your marketplace to see where you can expand your business the great thing about growth in our industry it can come in multiple ways mergers and acquisitions recruiting uh, per per person productivity helping your agents do uh, more and more transactions that's the fun part about our industry but you have to stay focused on it uh, from a leader and from uh, your managing the leaders of your company. And if you will focus on that, you will see that you can generate those conversations that will bring opportunities to your doorstep, uh, and that's what makes the whole growth aspect of our business fun.
2: Well, thank you, Three, for, for joining me. This has been very educational and a great, um, a great discussion, so I appreciate you taking the time to speak with Real Trends, and um, great job.
3: Thanks, Thank Tracy. Thank you for
2: having me, Tracy. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah.